This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read and recorded by Betsy Bush, Marquette, Michigan, August 2006. Folklore of the Santal Parganus. Translated by Cecil Henry Bompas. 21. The Magic Cow. There was once a Raja who had an only son named Kara, and in the course of time the Raja fell into poverty, and was little better than a beggar. One day, when Kara was old enough to work as a cowherd, his father called him and said, My son, I am now poor, but once I was rich. I had a fine estate and herds of cattle and fine clothes. Now that is all gone, and you have scarcely enough to eat. I am old and like to die, and before I leave you, I wish to give you this advice. There are many Rajas in the world. Raja above Raja. When I am dead, do you seek the protection of some powerful Raja. As there was not enough to eat at home, Kara had to take service as goat-herd under a neighboring Raja by which he earned his food and clothes and two rupees a year. Some time afterwards his father died, and Kara went to his master and asked for a loan of money with which to perform his father's funeral ceremonies, and promised to continue in his service until he had worked off the loan. So the Raja advanced him five rupees and five rupees worth of rice, and with the money Kara gave the funeral feast. Five or six days later his mother died, and he again went to the Raja and asked for ten rupees more. At first the Raja refused, but Kara besought him, and promised to serve him for his whole life if he could not repay the loan. So at last the Raja lent him ten rupees more, and he gave the funeral feast. But the Raja's seven sons were very angry with his father because he had lent twenty rupees to a man who had no chance of paying and they used to threaten and worry Kara, because he had taken the money. Then Kara remembered how his father had said that there were many Rajas in the world, Raja above Raja, and he resolved to run away and seek service with the greatest Raja in the world. So he ran away, and after traveling some distance, he met a Raja being carried in a palki, and going with a large party to fetch a bride for his son. And when he heard who it was, he decided to follow the Raja. So he went along behind the palki, and at one place a she-jackal ran across the road. Then the Raja got out of his palki, and made a salam to the jackal. When Kara saw this, he thought, This cannot be the greatest Raja in the world, or why should he be salamed to the jackal? The jackal must be more powerful than the Raja. I will follow the jackal. So he left the wedding party and went after the jackal. Now the jackal was hunting for food for her young ones, and as Kara followed her wherever she went, she could find no opportunity of killing goat or sheep. So at last she went back to the cave in which she lived. Then her cubs came whining to meet her, and she told her husband that she had been able to catch nothing that day, because a man had followed her wherever she went, and had come right up to their cave and was waiting outside. Then the he-jackal told her to ask what the man wanted. So she went out to Kara and asked him, and Kara said, 
I have come to place myself under your protection. Then she called the he-jackal, and they said to him, We are jackals, and you are a man. How can you stay with us? What could we give you to eat, and what work could we find for you to do? Kara said that he would not leave them, as all his hopes lay in them. And at last the jackals took pity on him, and consulted together, and agreed to give him a gift, as he had come to them so full of hope. So they gave him a cow which was in the cave, and said to him, As you have believed in us, we have made up our minds to benefit you. Take this cow. She will supply you with everything you want. If you address her as mother, she will give you whatever you ask. But do not ask her before people, for they would take her from you. And do not give her away, whatever inducements are offered you. Then Kara thanked them, and called down blessings on their heads, and took the cow and led it away homewards. When he came to a tank, he thought he would bathe and eat. While he bathed, he saw a woman washing clothes at the other side of the tank, but he thought that she would not notice him. So he went up to the cow and said, "'Mother, give me a change of clothes.' Thereupon the cow vomited up some nice new clothes, and he put them on and looked very fine. Then he asked the cow for some plates and dishes, and she gave them. Then he asked for some bread and some dried rice, and he ate all he wanted, and then asked the cow to keep the plates and dishes for him, and the cow swallowed them up again. Now the woman by the tank had seen all that had happened, and ran home and told her husband what she had seen, and begged him to get hold of the wonderful cow by some means or other. Her husband could not believe her, but agreed to put it to the test. So they both went to Kara and asked where he was going, and offered to give him supper, and put him up for the night, and give grass for his cow. He accepted this invitation, and went with them to their house, and they gave him the guest-room to sleep in, and asked what he would have to eat. But he said that he did not want any supper, for he intended to get a meal from the cow after everyone was asleep. Then the man and his wife made a plot, and pretended to have a violent quarrel, and after abusing each other for some time, the man flung out of the house in a passion, and pretended to run away. But after going a short distance, he crept back quietly to the guest-room. Hanging from the roof was the body of a cart, and he climbed up into that and hid himself, without Kara knowing anything about it. When Kara thought everyone was asleep, he asked his cow for some food, and having made a good meal, went to sleep. The man watching up above saw everything, and found that his wife had spoken the truth. So in the middle of the night he climbed down and led away Kara's magic cow, and put in its place one of his own cows of the same color. Early the next morning Kara got up and unfastened the cow and began to lead it away. But the cow would not follow him. Then he saw that it had been changed, and he called his host and charged him with the theft. The man denied it, and told him to call any villagers who had seen him bring his cow the day before. Now no one had seen him come, but Kara insisted that the cow had been changed, and went to summon the village headman and the villagers to decide the matter. But the thief managed to give a bribe of one hundred rupees to the headman, and one hundred rupees to the villagers, and made them promise to decide in his favor. So when they met together, they told Kara that he must take the cow, which he had found tied up in the morning. Kara protested, and said that he would fetch the person from whom he had got the cow, and take whichever cow he pointed out. 
telling them that they were responsible for his cow while he was away. He hastened off to the cave where the jackals lived. The jackals somehow knew that he had been swindled out of the cow, and they met him saying, "'Well, man, have you lost your cow?' And he answered that he had come to fetch them to judge between himself and the villagers. So the jackals went with him, and he went straight to the headmen and told them to collect all the villagers. Meanwhile the jackals spread a mat under a peepul tree and sat on it chewing pan. And when the villagers had assembled, the jackal began to speak and said, "'If a judge takes a bribe, his descendants for several generations shall eat filth in this world and the next. But if he make public confession, then he shall escape this punishment. This is what our forefathers have said, and the man who defrauds another shall be thrust down into hell. This also they have said. Now all of you make honest enquiry into this matter. We will swear before God to do justice, and the complainant and the accused shall also take oath, and we will decide fairly. Then the village headman was conscience-stricken, and admitted that he had taken a bribe of one hundred rupees, and the villagers also confessed that they had been bribed. Then the jackal asked the accused what he had to say to this, but he persisted that he had not changed the cow. The jackal asked him what penalty he would pay if he were proved guilty, and he said that he would pay double. Then the jackal called the villagers to witness that the man had fixed his punishment, and he proposed that he and his wife should go to the herd of cattle, and if they could pick out the cow that Kara claimed, it would be sure proof that it was his. So the jackals went and at once picked out the cow, and the villagers were astonished and cried, This is a just judgment. They have come from a distance and have recognized the cow at once. The man who had stolen it had no answer to give. Then the jackal said, You yourself promised to pay double. You gave a bribe of one hundred rupees to the headman and one hundred rupees to the villagers, and the cow you stole is worth two hundred rupees. That is four hundred rupees. Therefore, you must pay a fine of eight hundred rupees. And the man was made to produce eight hundred rupees, and the jackal gave all the money to the villagers, except ten rupees which he gave to Kara, and he kept nothing for himself. Then Kara and the jackals went away with the cow, and after getting outside the village, the jackals again warned Kara not to ask the cow for anything when anyone was by, and took their leave of him and went home. Kara continued his journey, and at evening arrived at a large mango orchard, in which a number of carters were camping for the night. So Kara stopped under a tree at a little distance from the carters, and tied his cow to the root. Soon a storm came up, and the carters all took shelter underneath their carts, and Kara asked his cow for a tent, and he and the cow took shelter in it. It rained hard all night, and in the morning the carters saw the tent, and wondered where it came from, and came to the conclusion that the cow must have produced it. So they resolved to steal the cow. Kara did not dare to make the cow swallow the tent in the daytime, while the carters were about, so he stayed there all the next day, and at night the cow put away the tent. Then, when Kara was asleep, some carters came and took away the cow, and put in its place a cow with a calf, and they hid the magic cow within a wall of packs from their pack bullocks. In the morning, Kara at once saw what had happened, and went to the carters and charged them with the theft. They denied all knowledge of the matter, and told him he might look for his cow if he liked. So he searched the encampment, 
but could not see it. Then he called the village headman and Chowkidar, and they searched and could not find the cow, and they advised Kara to keep the cow and calf, as it must be better than his own barren cow. But he refused, and said that he would complain to the magistrate, and he made the headman promise not to let the carters go until he came back. So he went to a Mohammedan magistrate, and it chanced that he was an honest man who gave just judgments and took no bribes, and made no distinction between the rich and the poor. He always listened to both sides carefully, not like some rascally magistrates who always believe the story that is first told them and pay no attention to what the other side say. So when Kara made his complaint, this magistrate at once sent for the carters, and the carters swore that they had not stolen the cow, and offered to forfeit all the property they had with them if the cow was found in their possession. When the magistrate sent police to search the encampment, and the police pulled down the pile of packs that had been round the cow, and found the cow inside and took it to the magistrate. Then the magistrate ordered the carters to fulfill their promise, and put them all in prison, and gave all their property to Kara. So Kara loaded all the merchandise on the carts and pack-bullocks, and went home rejoicing. At first the villagers did not recognize who it was who had come with so much wealth, but Kara made himself known to them, and they were very astonished, and helped him to build a grand house. Then Kara went to the Raja, from whom he had borrowed the money for his parents' funeral, and paid back what he owed. The Raja was so pleased with him, that he gave him his daughter in marriage, and afterwards Kara claimed his father-in-law's kingdom, and got possession of it, and lived prosperously ever after. And the seven sons of his first master, who used to scold him, were excited by his success, and thought that if they went to foreign parts, they also would gain great wealth. So they took some money from their father and went off. But all they did was to squander their capital, and in the end they had to come back penniless to their father. End of the Magic Cow